What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. And here we go. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you as always. Uh, had a really, really good day today. Was able to think a lot about the FCS and the FCS uh, college landscape, football landscape, right? I was able to go on a beautiful, gorgeous run down here in beautiful, sunny St. George. That's right. It's a brag because it was 70 degrees, rained last night, and there's nothing better than the smell of the desert the day after it rains. Let me tell you, it's it's intoxicating down here. I love it. Uh, I was able to, you know, get a lot of stuff done today. It was just one of those days. And then I get to talk some FCS football. As always, we're going to be talking a little bit of that. Talking about what we saw last week. Uh, we kind of had a weird uh, shakeup within the top, uh, you know, most people's top 25. I think we're really starting to see um, you know, kind of a hierarchy, if that's what you want to call it. I would say that top 15 or 16 teams are all pretty competitive, and I think they're all going to be there at the end. And uh, you can kind of substitute the rest of the boys, uh, the rest of the teams. Um, after that's kind of up in the air. It's uh, I don't know if we really have a a full court favorite uh, so far in the FCS. I'm excited to talk about that today. Of course, we're going to be going over my tier. Spent a lot of time on it. Uh, we have a committee here at Get the Ball Rolling where we analyze, we watch film, we talk about it, we text. Uh, last night, it was late into the night where we discussed. We had some people arguing uh, certain teams should be placed above uh, into certain tiers. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And then, of course, as always, mainly because we have to, as we release that top 25 at the end of the episode. And I want to start off with, with this today, and it is a problem that I'm starting to see, and, and maybe uh, maybe it's not a problem, maybe it's a good thing for the people in these conferences, but I am starting uh, to notice, having followed FCS my entire life, but uh, of late, it's really becoming, in my opinion, a two-conference race. And what I mean by that is the Big Sky, and mainly because of how many teams the Big Sky has, and the Missouri Valley, those teams tend to be up there more than any other conference. Yeah, a couple years ago, you probably could have made a, a case for the CAA. I think they kind of come and go in waves. But I'm starting to look at it. Somebody asked me uh, through, through instant message, through DMs on, on Twitter. They said, do you think it's possible that six Big Sky teams make the playoffs? And honestly, as you're looking across right now, you've got uh, Montana State, Montana, you got Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Sacramento State, uh, and Weber State as, as teams that are all kind of sitting there. And it's like, well, what do we do with them? And it makes it very, very difficult when you have that many teams that are that good. Now, part of it is due to scheduling conflicts. Montana uh, did play Sacramento State. The only other contender that they would play in the Big Sky would be Montana State at the very ending of the, uh, ending of the season. Uh, Montana State and Weber State cross over with a couple. Uh, UC Davis crossed over with Weber and Sacramento State, and I believe they do play Eastern Washington, so we've got a few. But Montana, 
uh, definitely kind of escaped it all, as did Sacramento State. If I remember correctly, they only play Montana and uh, UC Davis. So is it possible? I don't know. I think anything is possible in this scenario. Uh, when you look at uh, the top 25, even from last week, I mean, I did take out Weber State, but we had five there. And you look at the the Missouri Valley, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Missouri State. You've got South Dakota. You've got... Uh, we even had uh, North Dakota ranked for a while. Uh, we've had all of these teams that are sitting there, and it's we're getting a lot of, uh, I believe, you know, top, you know, kind of top heavy. And it's interesting because we have the automatic qualifiers like the Big South, the NEC, uh, and the, and those teams, right? And those conferences, they get an automatic qualifier, but it's really starting to separate. And um, I'm very appreciative, one of the thoughts that I have of the WAC, um, that we're going to kind of separate. Now, uh, you look at the newly formed WAC, you do have Sam Houston in it, you have Stephen F. Austin, you have my alma mater, Dixie State. You have some teams that do not have football programs like a, a Cal Baptist. Grand Canyon, which I think Grand Canyon would be a phenomenal team. You've got NAU, SUU. So it's not that we've stolen uh, any of the big powers out of the the big sky, but it, I think it will be a little bit better uh, having uh, as an FCS conference, you know, another conference really west of the Mississippi. Yeah, the Southland uh, had a couple of teams, but really the big sky is the only one out here. And uh, the big sky is kind of turning into what the Pac-12 is, where uh, they can be really, really top heavy but there's no like one real contender like who is the contender in the big sky right now EWU loses uh to they lose to Weber State this last week um but beat Montana you know uh light you know Saturday night lights game uh, on the Inferno, but then they go and they lose to Weaver State, who struggled against Montana State uh, the week prior and stuff like that. So, so we're 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 trying to provide context. I'm just starting to see it within the FCS. It's an interesting point, but the Big Sky is very top heavy. But the bottom half of the Big Sky is not very good. Uh, Northern Colorado, an SUU, uh, an Idaho, uh, Portland State. Those teams, Idaho State, have not been competitive, uh, at least since I've been doing this podcast. They haven't been very competitive. So it's, I don't know, I think it's just really interesting uh, to look at those. And you look at the, you know, the, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, very, very top heavy. Uh, and then... You know, you have an Indiana State. You have a Western Illinois. That might be not as good. Oh, and SIU on the Missouri Valley. I forgot to add them in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see which team or what conference gets more teams into the playoffs. If it's the Missouri Valley or the the Big Sky. I do know that the... the the committee, uh, despite you know it, it it being very important, they do not take into account uh, FBS wins. So like uh, Eastern Washington, it was phenomenal that they beat UNLV, but that does not really go towards uh, the college football playoff, uh, the rankings that they do in the FCS playoffs. And they also did play Central Washington, uh, which is a D2 team. Interestingly enough, I've seen them play twice. It's, they're a fun team to watch. They're a good team, but they're not FCS-level uh, worthy, so they beat down on them. Uh, anyway, it's going to be interesting as we as we continue to, to discuss these things. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Can the Big Sky get six in, and how many uh, would the second conference have, or will the Missouri Valley uh, equal them with that amount of teams? 
And uh, we're back to the full uh, FCS bracket. Uh, top eight do, do get that first round by, and we'll be playing that second round on campus. Uh, it is a phenomenal atmosphere. I've been to it many a times, and I cannot wait to get into it. So uh, with that being said, and uh, kind of with that context, uh, like I said, I'm excited that the WAC is kind of starting up, and I hope in three or four years, the WAC could be as bi as good as the Big Sky, um, depending on conference, uh, you know, uh, realignment and stuff. Hearing a lot of rumors out there. Until it's confirmed, I don't really want to talk about it. So, here we go. We're going to be talking about the championship, uh, like the bubble, and all of our FCS tiers. We kind of mix it up a little bit this week, and I'm excited to bring it to you now. Okay, to start us off, we have the championship bubble. These are the teams that I think that can successfully make it to the championship. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about these teams. I think they're very interesting teams. And I think they're the ones that are kind of pulling ahead and look like the odds-on favorite to win. Uh, starting with uh, the, the first tier championship bubble, we have Sam Houston, North Dakota State, Villanova, and SIU. Now, um, I did drop EWU out. I did drop JMU out of my championship bubble. I think SIU has kind of earned the right to be there. And Villanova did beat JMU. Uh, and with a lot of stuff going around surrounding JMU as far as uh, the FBS transition, if that is the case, I think it would be hard to focus on winning in the FCS if you are you know, preparing to move into the FBS. Uh, I do have the next tier down as championship slip-up, uh, starting with South Dakota State. I still think they are a really good football team, despite the loss uh, that uh, they they had last week to UNI. Uh, I still think they're a really good team, and I think they're going to be there in the end. But uh, they did have a slip-up, in my opinion. That was it. I'm not going to count a one-point loss when you decided to go for it. Uh, that was, you know, a fluky win. Could have gone either way. We could easily uh, rotate SDSU and SIU. Uh, but SDSU's last last week was tough. Um, also in this, we have JMU. And I did put EWU in this one as well. I did say with EWU, we needed to see within the next three games what would be happening. Weber State, Montana State, and then I believe UC Davis. If this team is as legit as what I had thought, having them as my number one team for the past two weeks, uh, then they need to prove it over those weeks. That's why they're in the championship slip-up with a loss to Weber State. Next up, I have the skeptical. These are teams that I'm skeptical on, teams that I just don't really know uh, where to put them. Uh, they've played their, their, their peak is very, very good, but their valleys can be pretty low, uh, starting with Southeast Louisiana phenomenal offense now you look at their you look uh, at their schedule and you, and you kind of say well of course they should be doing what they're doing they have played uh, North Alabama, Central Connecticut State. They've got McNeese one time, Nichols, Houston Baptist, Northwestern State. Now the Nichols win was impressive, 10-point win on the road. And uh, you're going to have to play McNeese again, Northwestern State again, and Nichols again, which playing a team, ask UIW how that goes, uh, is not always the easiest. But as far as strength of schedule, they did lose to, lose to Louisiana Tech. FBS, not going, uh, you rule that out. But really, they should be doing this. 
uh, putting up 51, 61, 58, that should be almost a prerequisite when you're playing against uh, some of the bottom of the Southland, even bottom Southland of last year before the split with the WAC. Next up, I have a Montana State. Kind of uh, along the same lines is really where, I mean, they did beat Weaver State on the road, which was a phenomenal victory, but where do I put them? Like, where is the, the game that I can really hang my hat and say, you know, against a really good team, they did this. They had a loss against Wyoming. We're going to rule that out. But Drake is not a good team. San Diego is, is proving that they are down this year as well. And then they've played the bottom of the big sky, Portland State, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly. So they beat Weber State, but it took them, you know, 13-7 to victory to do so. Now they do have a chance over the next three games to shut me up. They go on the road to the Inferno, home against Idaho, and on the road against Montana. If they can convincingly win... Uh, you know, two of these three games. I don't know if you lose to EWU and uh, beat Montana or if it's vice versa, uh, but you're going to, you know, if they do beat uh, EWU and Idaho, which I think they will, uh, that Montana game would be very, very interesting, but it's more so how you win. Uh, beating a Weaver State team is impressive. Going to altitude to Ogden at night is impressive, but 13-7 is not. It tells a different story. Obviously, uh, I felt like Weaver State lost that game more so then Montana State won it. Uh, you know, Weaver State made the errors to set them up to go for those field goals. So I'm skeptical. UIW, another team from the Southland, and I don't really want to fault them. I've been very, very high on them. I love UIW, and uh, I think they've they've played well above that what most people have thought. Again, I was on this team uh, last year during the spring. They did drop a stinker against McNeese State, but you're kind of putting them in an impossible situation. When you play a team more than once in a year, it is difficult to beat them. Uh, you look across uh, a, a lot of instances, even in the NFL, it is hard to beat a team two times. The good teams do figure out a way to do so, but eventually it's something's got to give. Uh, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year playing the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, they lost to them twice during the regular season. There's no way that they're going to lose to them three times in a year. The the scheme, the coaching, smart people will figure out a way to do so. So it was kind of interesting that they did lose this game. Now they need a big-time bounce-back win against Houston Baptist then to prepare themselves for the Southeast Louisiana game. Um, I think that they can beat Houston Baptist, and I think they're going to be competitive against Southeast Louisiana. But then that Nichols game is a trap game. And I don't know if you get into the playoffs with a loss against Youngtown State, a loss against McNeese, and then a loss to uh, Nichols. Now if they beat or lose to Southeast Louisiana and lose to Nichols. I think that there is an argument to get them in, but I'm skeptical. Uh, I still would put them in. I still think they're playing some really great football, but I'm skeptical. Moving on, UC Davis, same kind of thing. What team beats Weaver State and drops the ball against Idaho State? Skeptical. Uh, we'll see them against Sacramento State and uh, EWU later in the season. And then VMI. VMI comes out and absolutely boat races Mercer. And then Mercer is a team that I've fallen in love with this year as well. I think they're, they're highly highly entertaining uh, but then they did drop a stinker against the Citadel and so they've had one loss maybe I could put them as a one time slip up uh, but they do have a uh, couple of interesting games on the way out. They do play ETSU and Furman both on the road. If they do beat 
you know, win those two games convincingly. I think they go into that one championship slip-up or even into the championship bubble if they win outright. Uh, their only loss would be to the Citadel, which would be interesting. Moving on to the next tier, I just labeled it good teams. Teams that I think are just good. I think that they'll play well. Uh, maybe a playoff win, maybe not. Uh, but definitely uh, playoff aspirations. Uh, I have Missouri State, Sacramento State, Montana. I was skeptical to put them in to the skeptical of a good team because honestly what they've been hanging what Montana has been hanging on is that they were able to beat uh beat UW now it was an impressive win don't get me wrong and it was in Seattle uh 13 to 7 victory but again uh you you win that game uh but then you've gone up against top FCS powers like uh Eastern Washington and you drop a stinker to Sacramento State at home uh kind of uh you know uh, and when I say stinker, it was a close game if you watched it throughout the game, but you still lost. You can't lose at home. Uh, that's why I call it that. Uh, you have a couple of easy games the next few weeks before you prepare for Montana State. And if Montana loses to Montana State, I don't think they make the playoffs because it's like, well, they've lost to everyone that they were supposed to you know, lose to, I guess. But are you going to just hedge your bet that, hey, at the beginning of the season, we beat Washington? They're a good team, not super uh, impressed with their uh, with the the rest of the season outside of that Washington win. Uh, Eastern Kentucky in this one, Rhode Island uh, dropped another one. We'll see if they can bounce back. I think that they have an opportunity to make the playoffs if they win outright. Uh, but it will take a lot uh, for a really young uh, team that hasn't been to the to the playoffs in a couple of years. I have UT Martin. I think that they're a good team. I think the biggest game against them will be Austin P in a couple of weeks. I have Mercer in here. Love Mercer. Love me the Mercer Bears. They did lose to uh, they did lose to VMI. They were able to bounce back this last week, which again is is impressive in that of itself to have the the grit to bounce back against Wofford. Uh, they have, I think that they beat the Citadel this week pretty good and then they move into Chattanooga and ETSU. Uh, they would need to win both of these games and I think they have an absolute awesome resume with the only loss to VMI. If VMI continues to win your only losses to them, yes it was at home and it was an absolute uh, butt kicking but I think that uh, you make a pretty good argument. You're tied with them right now. Uh, they do have the tiebreaker, so maybe you're cheering for them to lose one game and you to win out. That would make it very interesting in the SoCon. Moving on, I have the long shots to, and this might be a long shot to get into the playoffs, a long shot to win uh, to, to, to win a playoff game. But I do have Weber State, uh, number one there. I think that uh, Weber State, despite their schedule, really is better. Their defense makes them a phenomenal team. I have North Dakota here, you and I here. Nichols, uh, South Dakota, William & Mary, Chattanooga, South Dakota. I think all of these teams are good teams. I think when you get the right matchup, they win uh, more often than not, but uh, they're not in this upper echelon. And I wanted to put Weber State into the good teams. Uh, you know, if they win out, they're, you know, all of their losses are going to go up against big-time contenders uh, like a Montana State, uh, like a UC Davis, and a JMU. So you can't really fault them on that. They played a phenomenal score schedule. Uh, if they get a little bit of healthy and they, they move on, I think it'd be really interesting to see them. Uh, pandemonium, this would just mean we need absolute you know chaos to break out for these teams to be able to make the, the playoffs. 
And those teams would be uh, a Jacksonville State, a Furman, a Central Arkansas, a Delaware. Uh, these are teams that, again, we would need absolute chaos, uh, you know, reigning across the, the college football landscape, which I don't I don't en envision it happening. Uh, I was dead wrong on, on Delaware. I thought they would be a lot better of a team uh, bouncing back after the season that they had uh, last year. Um, I was wrong. Central Arkansas, kind of this along the same lines, they didn't play a full fall schedule schedule let alone a full uh you know spring they didn't play spring at all so i thought they'd come back uh, ready to go looks like they're kind of taking a step back Furman, same kind of thing in jacksonville state with that loss uh this week to sam houston they just i just think they're out of the running uh we've got our automatic qualifiers we're kind of starting to get into where you're where it's uh really interesting uh, a team like davidson uh or moorhead state davidson has already beaten uh san diego so all they have to do uh, would beat Moorhead State this Saturday. And uh, I think they'd lock up that pioneer win. Uh, you look at Moorhead State, they're kind of a team I haven't never talked about even on this podcast. The next two weeks, they play Davidson and San Diego. If they're able to beat both teams, they definitely go in as the AQ uh, with losses to only Austin P and James Madison, which really are not uh, terrible losses. Austin P is kind of up and down this year, but they're not terrible losses. I think they take care of Setson and Valparaiso. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Another fun one is out of the NEC. You have uh, Bryant and Sacred Heart, which is kind of a, a two-team race after Sacred Heart beat Duquesne. Uh, Bryant has already beat Sacred Heart 17-6, to and uh, they their only loss coming to Duquesne, and they did lose to Rhode Island and Akron, which we're going to throw that one out. Uh, but that Rhode Island loss and then the Duquesne loss, if they beat Central Connecticut State, LIU Post, and Merrimack, which is a team that I've liked uh, all year as well uh they're definitely going to be positioned for a win out of the nec and uh sacred heart will just need bryant to lose your chair that they do lose their only loss is to them and uh, maybe you get a three-way tie if another person uh if they all went out because they would have all beat each other but i believe um I, it would be interesting to see how that would work out if everyone wins out uh you do have saint Francis, uh, Pennsylvania, they have to play Duquesne, uh, Sacred Heart as well, so I think they're kind of out of it despite being third right now. Uh, everyone else is tied for first. Um, anyway, so you have that. You have uh, Kennesaw State and Monmouth. Uh, Kennesaw State and Monmouth are out of the Big South, and this is a... Uh, this is a one of the teams that I actually like to fade down the stretch is this uh, KSU team, mainly because uh, when you look at their schedule, uh, it's really, you know, what do you want me to make of it? They did beat Jacksonville State, which at the time I thought was a pretty good win. Uh, Jacksonville State basically is hedging uh, their their season on the win against Florida State, which was a phenomenal victory, uh, but has lost in Martin, uh, KSU, uh, Sam Houston, and I think they're going to lose this week to Central. Arkansas. So, uh, yeah, they have that win. Uh, they did lose to Georgia Tech, They've they, but they've won everyone else. They've beat everyone else, uh, but they were supposed to. Uh, if I had to, uh, to guess, uh, it's definitely going to be between them and Monmouth. Uh, they do take on Gardner-Webb this week. I do like the Monmouth team, uh, despite some of their losses. They do have a loss against Princeton. They have a loss against Holy Cross and a loss against Middle Tennessee. Uh, Princeton, top Ivy League school, and Holy Cross right now looks like they're going to be the AQ out of... Uh, 
their conference as well. The Patriot League, I believe, is what it is called. So if, if Monmouth wins out, which I, I, I would tend to believe that they would, I do like this Monmouth team. Uh, they look, uh, since that Princeton's loss, they've looked like they've been firing on all cylinders with that win against Campbell. We'll see what they do against NCANT, but those are kind of the AQs that will get in. I think they'll be frisky on these AQs, but I don't think they're going to be making too much noise as far as the, the playoffs or when it comes to playoff time. Uh, this next week, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. We've got some really interesting games. Uh, so let's go through the top 25 and we can talk about some of these games. Coming in at 25 this week, we do have Chattanooga. Uh, they take on a very interesting team. I did have, uh, I did not put Nuga in, in my tiers. I had them on the outside because I was like, I got to see what happens against Furman. If they beat Furman, I think uh, they move into the pandemonium tier. They need to continue to win. Uh, but right now they're 25th. 24, I do have Weber State. Uh, Weber State's going to slowly creep up. I, I believe they're going to win out. Uh, they do have Idaho State State, which this would be the third time that they played Idaho State in 2021 uh, because they played them twice in the spring. Interesting game, uh, a game that not a lot of people are going to be talking about, but an interesting one nonetheless. I have EKU coming in at 23. Coming in at 22, I have UNI. A great, great matchup. UNI against SIU. SIU is sitting in, or I'll tell you right now, number three. Uh, can UNI continue this hot streak? Uh, I think if they if they can beat a SIU team, uh, UNI kind of solidifies what I, I would put them into the playoffs uh, just based on that but uh, very interesting as we go forward. Uh, 21 we have South Dakota coming in at 20 we have Holy Cross uh, coming in at 19. Mercer already mentioned that they're playing against the Citadel I'm excited to watch them play and uh, what they can accomplish again I do like this Mercer team kind of came out of the woodwork. I've got my Mercer Bear shirt uh, on the way ordered it check and uh, can't wait to watch them. Coming in at 18 I do have Missouri State. I will actually be watching Missouri State take on my alma mater Dixie State uh, and I cannot wait to watch that game uh, this uh, you know coming up in a couple of weeks I have them at 18 uh, after last week but uh, I think they're going to be I think they're they're going to be a fun team to watch uh, going forward one of those teams will definitely be keeping an eye on 17 I do have Cornell uh, a lot of people have asked me about or sorry not Cornell I do have VMI. Uh, sorry, I was looking at uh, <laughs> at another team. Uh, I have VMI uh, coming in at 17. A lot of people have asked me about it. Uh, where do you put uh, VMI? And I think VMI is is a good team. But if they win out, like they deserve to be talked about amongst the best in uh, in the FCS. And so they're coming in that there. Uh, they have a couple of weeks to kind of prove it to me that they can do so. And uh, I'm excited to to watch them and what they can do. Coming in at 16, I do have Kennesaw State. 15, I have UIW. I think that they bounce back, beat down on Houston Baptist, and absolutely rev up for that Southeast Louisiana game uh, the following week. Coming in at 14, we have Montana. 13, South Dakota State had to take a little bit of a tumble after the loss. Uh, we will see if they can bounce back against Youngstown State. 12, UC Davis. 11, ETSU. 10, UT Martin. Uh, they do take on Austin P. I think that this will this is a, a scary game, uh, but it is a game that you're going to have to overcome if you are Martin. Uh, they're playing really good football right now. That's why I have them at 10. Uh, if they continue to win, they might go higher uh, than that uh, just based on, you know, they're playing phenomenal football. Coming in at 9, I do have Sacramento State. 8, EWU with the bye week before they rev up for Montana State. Coming in at 7, we have Southeast Louisiana. Six Montana State, uh, number five, JMU. Now, Alon is a team that uh, doesn't get a lot of publicity. 
I haven't talked about them a ton on this channel, but uh, they're playing JMU. Might give uh, the Dukes a little bit more of a game than what they're expecting. Uh, definitely be tuned into that one. Coming in at four, we have Nova and William and Mary. If William and Mary can somehow upset Nova, I think that they could make a case, or at least a, a pretty good case, to be into the playoffs. They're going to need a little bit of help uh, from the committee and some of the teams around them. But it starts this week. I think Villanova's playing great football, but I have them uh, at four. We'll see what William and Mary can do if they can break into our top 25. Uh, coming in at three, I have SIU, as I mentioned before, two, uh, North Dakota State, uh, and number one, I do have Sam Houston, and uh, they're taking on Tarleton State, and and uh, can't wait to be watching that game, uh, because I love the whack with my alma mater being in the whack now. So we have some amazing games coming up, cannot wait to watch uh, going forward, and uh, we've got... Uh, We'll be doing our tiers next week, and of course we'll be reliving the top 25. This week there was a lot of, there was some movement, uh, obviously with the EWU loss, the South Dakota State loss, Missouri State. Uh, NDSU does not look like they are the best like they have, at, you know, at times in the past. And uh, Villanova, finally, I decided to put them above JMU. I was convinced with the absolute blowout of Rhode Island. Uh, and then I cannot wait to watch the Southeast Louisiana game. And uh, of course, the uh, uh, the UWI and Mercer. These are two teams that I've kind of fallen in love with this year, and I've got some swag on the way, so I'll be repping it. And then finally, just to finish off with uh, my alma mater, uh, I love them. We we talk about them every single week on the channel, and that is the Dixie State Trailblazers. Uh, Last week, I was unable to go to the football game. I was planning on it. Uh, ended up uh, doing a date night with the wife. Uh, she she had asked me to do so. I thought we were actually at Delaware, which is this week. Uh, we're taking on Stephen F. Austin. I, I had space it. No worries. Uh, but miss out on that game. We're going to be taking on Delaware this week. It'll be kind of a where's Dixie now, uh, where we can put them in a, the, the category. I think that uh, Dixie State is playing a lot better football uh, since the beginning of the season, I was able to score 20 points the last two weeks. So uh, on the road against Delaware, I think it's definitely a, a, a game where Delaware's kind of have slipped uh, from contenders, kind of tumbled down the charts there. Uh, I, I would love to see them uh, maybe pull a fast one. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, we'll see what we do going forward. Uh, next up, we have Sam Houston. And then we take on our former RMAC foes, uh, uh, Fort Lewis, which is uh, a really fun game last year. We beat them really bad. And then Missouri State to finish off the season. And we will be at those uh, at the Missouri State game for sure. Uh, I even talked to my brother, and we had discussed maybe the possibility of flying out to watch the game uh, against Sam Houston. But I think Sam Houston is going to beat down on my Dixie State Trailblazers, so we're going to save our money and uh, wait until they play against Missouri State at home as they kind of uh, sign off the year. Uh, really impressed with what they've been able to do this year. This is not a schedule for the faint of heart. Uh, I mean, it is quite possible that, uh, you know, outside of Tarleton State, Stephen F. Austin, and Fort Lewis, uh, they I don't think that those three make the playoffs. <clears throat> Delaware would need some help to get in, but it is quite possible that literally almost the entire schedule uh, is going to make the playoffs. Dixie State is not taking it lightly, and uh, they extended uh, Coach Peterson. I believe it was a two- or a three-year extension. I think that was a phenomenal hire. He's done great, uh, was a great coach at uh, Snow College, and now he's bringing uh, a winning culture to Dixie. Last year, we had a really good year uh, two years ago in 
when we were in D2, had a really strong year as well. Uh, ended up beating up on uh, Colorado School of Mines, which to a lot of the SCS listeners, they don't know who that is, but that was a top um, F, uh, D2 team year in and year out. So uh, Dixie State is on the rise, and we'll continue to monitor their progress because... Gotta love the old alma mater. All right, so this has been another edition. Uh, again, we went over Tyler's tears. We went through uh, some of the games from last week, uh, why I like the whack, and I, I would continue to... to uh, really, I want to see the WAC a little bit bigger as far as football goes. I think that the Big Sky and the WAC should share more of the teams. I think the Big Sky is really big. Is it possible that six Big Sky teams get into the, 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 the playoffs? Very possible. Really interesting. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, continue to support this channel. We are growing like wildfire right now. It's just growing, 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 and I'm so appreciative of you guys because without you guys, it would just be me talking into a microphone. So thank you guys. Continue to support the channel uh, until Until next week, let's keep the ball rolling.